0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Jagerbo here with John Beeler. Our show is all about the world of mobile tech and apps that power it all. We've got a great program today. Uh, later on, we'll be uh, chatting about phone waste and how we can potentially reduce that by buying phones that you can repair yourself or even repair the ones you got now. We'll tell you how easy or how hard that <laughs> could potentially be. We'll also be talking about Trump's Truth Social. It has launched, but not
1: without a few issues. You're probably being generous.
0: I'm being generous, but we're going to talk about it and uh, what it uh, all means. And we're going to talk about these uh, delivery companies that promise grocery deliveries in 15 minutes. We don't see that in most Canadian cities, but down in the U S like New York, San Francisco, Seattle, uh, you know, if you want to pack a chewing gum or some milk or what have you, you can have that delivered in 15 minutes.
1: They have that in Vancouver now. Well, oh, do they? Yeah. Just in the downtown core.
0: Well, not out where I live. No, no, that's, that's called me. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, but it comes at a cost. The cities are not happy about it and we're going to tell you why. Let's uh, look at some of the uh, the mobile tech news uh, this week, uh, John. Uh, Facebook, you know the frames that you can put around your profile picture? Yes. You know, when you're trying to support a cause like breast cancer or something bad happens in the world and you support- Pink shirt day this Pink past Shirt week? Day. Well, they're phasing that out. And basically they're saying because of anti-vaxxers. So I guess that's kind of one way to get around disinformation on Facebook. Because <laughs> a, a Facebook frame will, will do that.
1: Well, it'll highlight who your friends and foes are.
0: Yeah. What do you think?
1: I thought they were silly in the first place.
0: Yeah, you don't care.
1: Well, there's nothing stopping you from Photoshopping your own profile photo that has all that stuff in it.
0: Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> There's always, there's always a way around things, eh? Always. Always. Uh, Also things that we're uh, checking uh, out. This was kind of interesting. Uh, You know, Teslas, they have their own huge screen. It's like a giant iPad that basically controls everything in the car. And it's kind of their own operating system.
1: Yes. This is, this is actually one of the reasons why I didn't get a Tesla is because of this feature, air quotes.
0: Oh, having everything on the one screen?
1: Well, no, it doesn't support CarPlay or Android Auto.
0: No. So CarPlay and Android Auto are the the two main competitors. Pretty well every new car has a big screen on the dash. And whether you've got an iPhone or a Google Android phone, you can basically punch it into these things and have that up on the screen. Well, uh, there's this uh, hacker slash programmer that found a way to get CarPlay onto the Tesla screen, kind of.
1: I'm I'm actually surprised it's not hasn't been properly supported, but then when we have Elon Musk in the mix, it's not surprising. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he, he likes to have his own wall garden, just like Apple does. Yeah. Uh, but this guy found a way, this hacker, found a way to use, a, I guess, a Raspberry Pi, like a little mini computer, uh, to somehow get the Apple CarPlay interface up on the Tesla screen. But it's kind of buggy from what I've seen.
1: Is it on top of things, or is it... Is it basically integrated in it somehow?
0: It's kind of integrated, but poorly. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't work that well. It's not very touch sensitive. You know what I mean? Like, it's not very responsive from what I've well, seen and heard.
1: I mean, I'm a big fan of Raspberry Pis being used for all kinds of different things. So I would imagine that if he releases his his code or has other people helping him, it'll just just get better. We'll see. As long as it doesn't break anything from a safety standpoint.
0: Well, that's, that's the challenge, right? Because... I you know, I've got a Tesla Model 3. I love it. The one thing that I'm kind of a little iffy about is like everything has to be controlled by the screen, whether I want to open the glove box or adjust uh, the temperature in the car, like everything lights
1: sometimes you want a button or a knob.
0: Yeah, yeah, because there's been a couple times where the screen has just gone black oh, that's and <laughs> that's always good and I have to reset my car. I have to John, I have to reboot my car. Do you have to
1: hold the brake? pedal no there's (laughs)
0: no yeah you got to hold a few buttons down on the steering wheel to reboot it control all steering wheel yeah it's silly right
1: well it's not surprising
0: like when i first got the car i think within the first week that happened to me and i was stuck like i didn't know what to do because i couldn't drive it right
1: (laughs) you had to reboot your car i had
0: yeah so i had to go on youtube i literally had to go on youtube and find out how to reboot my car
1: The future is here.
0: (laughs) For better or for worse. Uh, Meta, that's uh, Facebook's parent company now, or the renamed Facebook, I guess. Uh, They plan on building an AI, an artificial intelligence-powered universal speech translator.
1: I love this. So explain this. So the idea behind it is that basically anyone can interact with somebody else regardless of what their native language is. Yeah. If you if you're a fan of Douglas Adams, uh, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there was something called the Babel Fish, which everyone would just take this fish and shove it in their ear, and it would translate anything to anything.
0: Yeah, and like Star Trek had the universal yeah communicator, like yeah translators. Yeah. So
1: so the idea that artificial intelligence can then be used to a help understand things like dialects and regional nuances, but also you know different uh, qualities of speech as well
0: but how good can it be like have you you've used google translate
1: (laughs) well google translate has gotten really good yeah you think i've actually had full conversations with people in in a foreign language using it just having the phone between us and it worked yeah yeah well worked well enough yeah was it flawless no no but we were outside
0: yeah where's where's the pizza restaurant yeah (laughs) yeah Things like that, right? Where's the bathroom?
1: Yeah, but being able to translate in real time is, I think, going to be very compelling. The other thing is um, Google Translate works on your device while it's offline, as long as you download the languages that you might need to use before you go. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this is going to be a cloud-based thing or if this is going to be something that will be on-device.
0: BlackBerry, we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. They're shutting down support for the BlackBerry OS. So if you've got a BlackBerry, it's not going to work. Uh, There was a company looking to uh, actually make a 5G BlackBerry smartphone, uh, a company called Onward Mobility, but that company apparently has died now. They've gone onward. They have gone onward and the BlackBerry dream is dead once again.
1: Yeah, because they wanted to have a 5G BlackBerry device with a keyboard. Yeah. And everything sounded good. And then, then all of a sudden things weren't so good.
0: Didn't TCL come out? They licensed BlackBerry.
1: They licensed it, yeah. yeah. But I think there was a limited term license. And then Onward probably bought that license.
0: Yeah, I remember like they, they flew a bunch of us journalists down down across to New York for a big launch event. And I mean, it was cool, but the, you know, I know a lot of people missed the physical keyboard, but it just wasn't a good experience. No, I just, you know, the touchscreens are so good now. I, I, I can't see ever going back to something like that. Like don't don't get me wrong, I love tactile. I like knobs and things like that. I kind of miss that in my Tesla, but I don't know if I could go back to a physical keyboard on a smartphone. It just doesn't doesn't use the space well. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, it's because you have a much smaller screen. Yeah, unless you have a, like a really tall screen with a keyboard below it.
0: Hey, we've got a, a great contest going on right now. It's the Friendly Future Foundation. Uh, TELUS is supporting us with a Samsung Galaxy S20 smartphone, the fan edition version. This thing is amazing. It's got a fantastic screen, beautiful cameras, and we are giving one away. All you have to do is go to our webpage, getconnectedmedia.com, and enter. And the great thing is if you win it, you also win a $500 gift card that you can give to your favorite charity in Canada. It's it's an amazing contest and there's extra chances to win as well. Again, go to our website getconnectmedia.com, and you'll find uh, additional ways to get more entries. So, we got a really cool program. We are going to be talking about Trump's new Truth Social app, kind of their Twitter clone. It's kind of launched. We'll tell you how that all went. And repairing your own phone. Could that be the future to help reduce some of the e-waste that we're seeing uh, right now? And coming up next, we're going to talk about these 15-minute delivery companies that are operating in a lot of the big cities and how cities are trying to shut them down. We'll tell you why. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Still lots to talk about in the uh, program Today. Uh, including Trump's new Truth Social app. It's kind of launched. We'll tell you how that all went. And is repairing your own phone a way to help reduce e-waste? We'll uh, be chatting about that too. Let's uh, talk about these, uh, these delivery services, John. I mean, we're probably all familiar with like the Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes for restaurant food. There are many other apps out there that'll basically deliver anything, you know, down the States, Postmates. I mean, you can get a pair of Levi's jeans delivered to you if you want. Uh, many of them, uh, especially in the U.S. and over in Europe, also deliver groceries. And a lot of them promise grocery delivery within 10 to 15 minutes, which blows my mind.
1: Well, these are often referred to as dark stores.
0: Yeah, because there's only one way that they can deliver that that item or items to you in 15 minutes
1: just like how Amazon works. They have a warehouse in your neighborhood or your area.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would really have to, I mean, this will only work in urban centers. It's, yeah. not, it's not gonna work in the suburbs so much, I don't think. No, no. But what's happening uh, is that these delivery food or these delivery companies, these app companies are basically uh, renting uh, retail units, like closed restaurants and, and stores.
1: Sometimes they're just renting a house or have a garage access as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So cities aren't
0: happy about that because they're not kind of zoned for that. And they say it causes a lot of disruption because obviously there is a, you know, a lot of traffic going in and out of there for the deliveries.
1: Well, it's kind of like having a drug dealer in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> There's a constant <laughs> flow of people coming in to buy stuff. Yeah. In this case, it's the delivery drivers coming to get your 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 chewing gum or whatever you're getting delivered. And so they're loitering and waiting around to fulfill that order. So a lot of residents are really mad at these places. And then the other thing too is these warehouse spaces, they need to be filled with stuff. So there's trucks coming and going all the time, blocking uh, the neighborhood. Yeah.
0: Over in the Netherlands, uh, a couple of the major cities there, Rotterdam and uh, also Amsterdam have banned the use of these empty retail units or stores or restaurants to essentially little mini warehouses. So uh, they're kind of shutting that down. New York City is apparently having a problem with it as well.
1: It's interesting though, because some of these places, they, it actually makes a lot of sense, right? You have these things that you want very close by. Yep. A lot of times these services use scooters or some other electric type vehicles. Yeah, So it's, or even just bicycles. Yeah. Uh, or they can just walk it across to you, you know? So, so
0: in some ways it could be more efficient don't you think
1: well it's better than having an amazon van outside your house every 3 hours yeah so it's i don't know it's it's one of those interesting things i think if they can find a middle ground where they're able to have these warehouse spaces somewhere that's not going to be disruptive to the neighborhood yeah but like you said it's not going to really work for the suburbs which you know aren't
0: not, not going to get things to your house in 10 minutes
1: no and that's the that's the crazy thing is it's like I'm still astonished how quickly I can get food delivered to my house. And I live in the suburbs. Yeah. But, you know, for me to put clothes on and go outside, <laughs> sometimes we're paying double for that uh, Popeye's but, chicken burger. Yeah. But I mean, there
0: is a big price to pay for all this delivery. Like you're paying lots of fees. Yeah. And you know what's I find funny, John? Like if you look at the financials for these delivery companies, especially the food ones, they are losing hundreds of millions of dollars. They have yet to turn a profit
1: yeah, they're still figuring out their business model. It yeah. feels like and and yet they're
0: like they're getting they're skimming off everywhere. They're charging you to get it delivered. They're charging the the restaurant people or the store that they're delivering something from in many cases, like on the restaurant side, it could be as high as thirty percent
1: that's insane well, that's that's what the restaurant's getting skimmed. but you're also paying a delivery fee. You're paying a tip. You're doing all these things yeah. like. Like I, I've seen... You can't e-
0: tell me the restaurants then aren't jacking up the price. They have to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can tell because if you look at the menu and if you go to that restaurant yeah. in person, it's quite often it's a different price.
0: Yeah. But the I know some of the delivery companies won't allow that. Right. Like having different prices for the delivered version and the right. in restaurant. But so what happens in many cases, the restaurants just jack up all the price prices right, right across the board. Right. So, or
1: or they have delivery only packages or packages. Uh, bundles, if you will. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, I don't know, it's tricky. I, I love the disruption and this angle about it, but I also don't like the idea of my neighborhood being filled with delivery trucks all the time or or delivery drivers hanging out waiting for their next delivery.
0: Yeah, but I guess if they were to do it correctly, it, it could actually maybe lessen the amount of traffic. But are we have we become that lazy now? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I've had my neighbors get two Starbucks delivered to their house. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like that was a cost double what the like, Starbucks. Oh costs.
0: my god! Can you imagine how much like Starbucks? Sorry, it's expensive. It's like double the price.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, of, it depends. It depends what they got. They might have got like a venti macchiato or don't something. Don't care. Like <laughs> get an eight dollar drink. <laughs> like it must have been like twenty bucks. I would think so. Easy. Yeah. I just, you know,
0: I have a hard time with it. Like, I just don't, I don't like using those delivery services because I just feel it is like, it's, explo-
1: re- it's exploiting somebody, whether it's the drivers, me, me. us, because we're paying for the yeah. the privilege of using those services, but also the, the store or restaurant owner. Yeah. And then the drivers themselves, they're not getting, I mean, it, c- clearly, it, it, people are using these services to make a living. Yeah. Because there's enough of them out there, and like I said uh, off the top of the segment, I'm astonished I can get stuff delivered so quickly.
0: Well, you're you're part of the problem, John.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all my fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, uh, we we have a great great contest going, and I just want to thank the folks at the Friendly Future Foundation, uh, that's uh, TELUS' uh, charitable organization, uh, for giving us a Samsung Galaxy. S20 fan edition smartphone to give away. Uh, Fantastic cameras on here. I mean, these things are like almost, you know, mini DSLRs now, you know what I mean? Like great for taking photos, night or day, like great night modes on these things. And the screen on it is uh, fantastic uh, as well. And what I love too with this contest, you know, if you do win, you also get a $500 gift card that you can give to your favorite charity in Canada. It's awesome. No, it's amazing. Like, I just love uh, the work they're doing, and uh, I really appreciate them uh, helping us out with this contest and just, uh, you know, trying to make the world uh, a, a better place. Again, getconnectedmedia.com is the place uh, you want to go, and there's extra chances to win as well. So just uh, read up a little bit and uh, find out how you can get some extra entries.
1: Subscribe to the newsletter.
0: Subscribe to the newsletter. I mean, it's it's really simple, simple stuff. Okay, uh, we've got some more stuff to talk about after the break, including... Repairing your own phone. Is that a way to reduce e-waste? Will we actually do that? Will they actually come out with phones that make it easy to repair? We're going to be covering uh, some of those things. And Trump's new Truth Social app has launched, or kind of launched. And we'll be talking about that and how long we think it might be around. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike and John here. Let's talk... Truth, John. Socially? Yes. Truth Social, Donald Trump's new social media app has kind of launched. Uh, It's been plagued with problems (laughs) over the past year, Uh, but it looks like they kind of finally got it off the ground, but not without a few issues. A few. A few. Uh, So right off the bat, what we know is that it's only available in the U.S., It's only available on the iPhone. There is no Android version yet. There's no web version yet either. And huge wait lists. And if you do try to sign up, lots of errors happening as well.
1: Apparently half a million people are on the wait list. That's quite a few, eh? Yeah.
0: Looks like, I mean, obviously there's a a pent up demand for this.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all.
0: And so Trump has basically gone down this road because he has been banned from pretty well every major <laughs> social media platform you know twitter used to be his favorite yeah and he was banned from there after the uh the january 6 attack on the Capitol down in the u.s
1: well one of the things that they're touting that this platform is it's for free speech it's less strict moderation than twitter or other platforms yeah, yeah and it allows people to you know, say what they want to say, but they're already starting to prove that they actually might be stricter than Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. In, what, in what way? Well, they, um, users can get suspended or booted from the platform altogether for posting content that moderators consider to be false, defamatory, or misleading. While Twitter has had broad bans in the past on covid election misinformation yeah it regularly lets other types of things go by yeah and it sounds like uh true social users can get banned for posting just about anything that is deemed libelous slanderous or otherwise objectionable according to who well isn't that what they were complaining about with twitter (laughs) Uh,
0: well so here's the question for me john um, you know, it's always good to have competition. Yeah. And yeah, it's taken a while to, to launch this because it's not easy. Like if it, Twitter well, just didn't pop up in two weeks. Like you've got to build an entire infrastructure. You have to have the servers that can handle, you know, the, like, you, like you said, a half a million people are on the wait list. Like that's not just some server sitting underneath your desk. Like you've got to have the power and the bandwidth to make sure that you can s- service all of that.
1: Well, yeah, it launched on Sunday and it had a 13 hour service, out, service outage just after launching. Yeah. Because they couldn't keep up. Because, I mean, again, like you said, there is a bit of a demand for this. Yeah. People wanted to check it out. I wonder how many people that were interested in checking out were actually wanting to use the service as it's intended or they are just trying to check at the car crash as they're driving by. Yeah. Right. So, a lot of interested parties are curious to see how this is going to work. Um, but general consensus that I've seen online is that it's not going to work for very long because it already has proven, like we discussed earlier, that it's not as open and free as they're claiming. They realize the challenge of having this place where if you get a bunch of people talking about hate speech or targeted yeah. hate against specific users, that's not a good look.
0: No. And can I tell you what else is a problem? If that happens, like they they are dependent on Apple, they're dependent on Google once they come out with the Google version of it to allow them to be on their stores. Because if if they start getting all this hate speech on there, I'll tell you, Apple in a heartbeat will turn them off.
1: Well that's what happened to Parler. Yes. Previously during the January sixth yeah. situation. So
0: once that happens and <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think it's only a matter of time unless they're good at moderating this. Like they will get booted. Yeah.
1: But the thing is they're selling one thing and they're delivering something else. Yeah. They're, they're selling this as a free, free, safe place to talk about any topic that you want. The, the topics that you can't talk about on Twitter or other platforms. Yeah. Because well, they're getting deplatformed off of everything else. Yeah. And yet they're proving that they're not letting you talk about anything unless they don't mind it. So they are, they are censoring the current users they're trying to retain and keep. Um that's not going to last very long.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm interested. I mean, we'll see, right?
1: Yeah. It was the most downloaded app on the iOS App Store Monday and Tuesday.
0: Yeah, I can I can see that.
1: But downloaded versus actually using it sounds like they might have had some troubles. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: it, again, it's it's hard to launch a social platform. I think obviously they've got uh, Pent up demand for it, but can they f- can they fly straight?
1: Well, but this is the thing, though. There's been lots of attempts to dethrone Twitter and Facebook as a better alternative social media platform. Yeah, none of those other places had a built in audience like Trump does. Yeah, so him and his followers, they're looking for some place where they can have these conversations and talk about what they want to talk about, but they realize that's not as easy as you think. Not to mention the fact, what's the legal, legal implications of all this too? This is, this is why Twitter and Facebook and Apple and Google are so strongly about all the hate speech stuff because that stuff can get them involved in lawsuits. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. The, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, another thing I just uh, you know, read uh, over the past day here, uh, there's some controversy over their logo. This is like, you got to, you know, if you're at home, you got to Google this. Um, There's a British trucking company called Trailer. And if you look at the two logos, the Trump Truth Social and the Trailer logo, they're like exact, except for one little square. One pixel. One pixel, essentially. So I don't know how that's going to all...
1: Maybe that's how they get shut down. You you know, you... You'd
0: think when you're launching something as big as this, like you'd get someone to actually research trademarks and
1: or a reverse image search on Google? Yeah,
0: something like that. It's hard though, John. Like logos are hard, right? Like cuz you know, we are at a an agency. We we design logos for tons of companies. So, as you can imagine, there's only so many variations <laughs> in in the world. But I mean that's why you got to do your homework and make sure you don't have something exactly the same as.
1: Yeah. Well, the other company. I guess the other thing too is they're not a trucking company, they're a social network. No. So the judge may side with them and say, "Yeah, you can use it cuz there's I'm not going to confuse your website or your your iOS app with a trucking company."
0: Yeah. And it just depends if that British company actually trademarked the logo, which a lot of companies don't.
1: No, cuz it's too expensive
0: yeah. or only in Britain. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about e-waste when it comes to phones. Like, John, I mean, you're, you and I, we change our phones out every year.
1: Yeah, we're we're an anomaly, though. Yeah. Because of what we but
0: do. But how long should you keep a phone for? Well, we'll talk about that. What are some ways that you can extend the life of the phones and what some companies are doing to, to make that easier? If you're listening to The App Show here on the Course Radio Network back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're going to talk about phones and fixing phones and just the the enormous e-waste problem that we're all facing. John, this astounds me. Worldwide in 2019, a record 53.6 million tons of electronic waste was generated. 53 million pounds. Or sorry, tons. Sorry. Tons. 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 Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. No, but it's not good. No. Because no. techno. the reason why is because technology just changes so quickly. So, you know, in a lot of cases, we're keeping our tech maybe a couple of years. I think it's gotten a little bit better because, like, you know, with laptops and computers, I'm expecting at least five years life out of them.
1: Yeah, I think that's gotten better. Yeah. Uh, more and more companies have made stuff that will last a little longer, unless you're buying the cheap bottom of the barrel stuff.
0: Yeah. But phones are a big problem.
1: Well, they're a big problem for a couple of reasons. One is that they tend to use a lot of rare earth material that is in very limited supply, or only a couple of places on the planet can actually mine new, new materials. Yeah. So, what happens to all this e waste? There's a lot of stuff there that needs to be um, removed. Yeah, but in
0: many cases, it's not though, right? No,
1: because it's too labor intensive. Yeah. It's very expensive. And until we run out of that particular thing or they find an alternate way of doing that particular material.
0: Apple's good that way. You can take any of their phones back to... Any of their devices. Yeah, and they actually have an entire program that completely recycles.
1: They have a robot in the stores that will disassemble it. It's
0: amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's the way we got to go.
1: I think so. Yeah. But like, how
0: long do you think the average person keeps their phones? We did a uh, a live stream last week. And again, you got to check out our YouTube channel. We're doing live streams every Thursday. And, you know, we asked, uh, you know, the viewers, like, how long do you keep your phone? And, you know, many, many, it was like two to three years.
1: Well, I, I think part of the problem too is, there's some new feature or operating system upgrade that prevents your phone from working the way it was when you bought it new. Yeah. So we've seen Samsung and Google and Apple especially are really good at extending the life of these devices by giving you multi years of updates guaranteed.
0: Yeah, it's typically that's only 3 or 4 years though, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you know, the the latest round of Samsung devices are all getting 4 years of of software updates.
0: Yeah, that's good because a lot of times you're paying like 1200 bucks or more yeah. for that flagship phone. Yeah. But, I mean, what are some of the answers here, John? I mean, there's some companies that um, are trying to create phones that are easily kind of modular and upgradable. If you want a better camera, you can just get a camera module or another battery. Like, Because all the phones, look look at an iPhone or a Samsung phone. You can't take those
1: apart easily. No, you need special tools, Yeah, special training, and really good eyesight.
0: <laughs> well, I know companies like Apple, they have kind of opened up their repair process now.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting what they're doing, although I still am not convinced it's gonna be the thing that the average person would do. They're gonna be releasing basically the full instructions, the, the um, all the different parts. But one of the challenges that we've had before has been, you can't get the parts from Apple. They won't sell them to you. Yeah. So you have to take it in and pay their price to have it replaced or repaired, and but now they're going to be changing that. Where they're going to be able to let anybody. But the reality is, is that, you know, is my grandma going to do that? No, no. 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 It's going to be still require someone with some technical skill, a really expensive expensive soldering iron, and probably a microscope, to replace some of these things until these devices are. Manufactured in a way that are meant to be modular and but, upgraded,
0: but that's not going to happen, right? Because they don't want you getting it to, inside the phones.
1: Well, I think it is sort of starting to happen, but there's very limited companies that are doing this. You know, we're, I'm looking at this article f- about the Fairphone. Fairphone two uh, is meant to be taken apart in under two minutes. You know, and this is one of the ones that you can upgrade different parts of it, but it's only as good as whatever the core foundational phone is. If it's adequate for the average person, that's great, but they haven't sold a ton of these phones. No, They've been around for years. They've only sold 400,000 units. It's
0: not bad. Uh, we had that TerraCube phone in, the TerraCube yeah. 2E, yeah. an Android phone that has a four-year warranty. And uh, if you look at the way it was made, you can take it apart and everything's got screws inside. It's not all glued down.
1: Well, that's the the common problem with a lot of these devices, not just phones, your iPad, your, any any device, they typically glue everything together so that, A, it's more compact and they don't have to use screws because screws take up space and it's just easier for them to glue it all together. And then there's, again, special ways of taking that apart so you're not damaging the other components while you're trying to replace the screen or the touch, the touch interface or a speaker or a camera, whatever it is.
0: So how long do you think a phone should last? Like...
1: I think that'll be different for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think most people, they want to get a phone and they're excited about it and they want to stay excited about it as a phone for as long as they can. Cause no one loves paying every year.
0: No, it's expensive, right? Like there are a thousand bucks. Yeah. Like if you want the latest or semi latest iPhone or Samsung phone, it's a thousand bucks. Yeah. And I know you can get them on plans and stuff, but you're still paying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A thousand bucks. Yeah. I mean I justify it because it's the thing I use the most. It's yeah. the thing I take with me to the bathroom. But you're
0: you're really into photography and like and tech in general.
1: Yeah, but even if you're just playing Wordle. People love their phones. <laughs> yeah. So So
0: you've got the best Wordle phone out there right now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, sure. An iPhone 13 Pro Max. Max, yeah. yeah. Boy, can that Wordle.
1: It can Wordle like no other phone
0: okay, uh no easy answers, but it I mean it does come down to the fact like making these things easier to repair ourselves so that we could actually open them up
1: Well, that's the thing is I wonder how many people listening want to repair their phones
0: i I would say probably less than ten percent yeah that would want to or feel comfortable opening up their thousand dollar tiny <laughs> computer yeah.
1: well, it's not worth a thousand dollars if it's not broke if it's broken already
0: well this this is true
1: or if it's out of warranty,
0: yes. So you got some good points. It's a good learning opportunity. Don't forget to visit our website. we got a great contest going on. The Friendly Future Foundation, TELUS has given us a Samsung Galaxy S20 fan edition smartphone to give away to one lucky listener. Go to the website. All the contest details are there. You would also win a $500 gift card to give to your favorite charity as well. We're going to have to take a break when we come back. More of the app show. Stay tuned. You are back with The App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected. We've been doing it for over 20 years. It's Canada's number one and most listened to tech radio show out there. It's up on our website. You can uh, check it out there. There's uh, the Listen tab up at the top. We've got all our shows. And you can also subscribe to it uh, as a podcast.
1: On your favorite podcast app?
0: Yes, whether that's uh, through Apple or Spotify curious cast so many different ways uh, to check it out it airs uh, every Saturday here across the chorus radio network right across the country uh, on uh, this week's show we uh, talked about a cool composting gadget super cool
1: this is really cool actually
0: called the Lomi this is uh, like kind of almost like the kurug of composting that's
1: a good description I think so in looks the, in the shape of a KFC chicken bucket yes uh, roughly
0: yeah the uh, the CEO loved it when you compared it to a KFC Chicken bucket. But essentially you, you you jam all your food scraps and stuff in there, your coffee grinds, and it it can turn it into dirt within hours.
1: Yeah, it's not just a bucket. It actually no. has some stuff happening inside.
0: Yeah, it puts you put special pods in it, like kind of almost like a Keurig cup.
1: Yeah, Some some special bacteria that will break it down faster. Yeah. There's fans, there's temperature sensors, all kinds of stuff happening in there.
0: And so within hours, you've got like compostable dirt. It's stuff that you would mix in with your.
1: If you're a gardener, you're going to love this.
0: Yes. And but just like having this on my kitchen counter, if you've got the space, well, the size of a bucket of chicken, as John would say, uh, but it just makes it easier to do all the composting, right? Because right now, I got to be honest, a lot of it's going in the garbage because, you know, I don't have the composting bag or the little bucket. It's too well,
1: smelly. The big smell is the problem. And this thing actually has a carbon filter on it to take away the smell
0: want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Big shout out to uh, Robin, one of our uh, producers, and uh, also, of course, you, John. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.